Life by Divine with Sue DeMay fosters deep healing and profound awakenings as she guides you to hear, answer, and trust the highest calling of your heart. Your host and sacred guide is global impact visionary leader Sue DeMay, a best-selling author, international speaker, and gifted intuitive healer who challenges all of us to shift from life by default or even life by design to truly living life by divine. And now, here is Sue DeMay. Welcome, everybody. I am grateful to be here once again with you. I am still in the beautiful Turks and Caicos Islands. It's our last full day here before we go home to British Columbia. And it's such a beautiful day. It's such a beautiful space. And I'm really grateful to be here and share this message with you. Today, I'm going to be talking about how not to quit just before the miracle. The the temptation I know for a lot of people, and I see it over and over again, is, is people just on the verge of the breakthrough or just on the verge or just around the corner from the miracle and, and they quit and they stop. And I've seen it over and over again. And of course, when I'm working with clients or when they're in my community, I call them on that. I actually encourage them to keep taking the steps because at that point, the, rough, the road can get quite rough. But the challenge is, is you're really walking with blind faith. And sometimes when we're walking with blind faith, that is the most favorite time for the ego to come in and convince you to quit, convince you to turn around, convince you there's nothing in the, you know, there's nothing in front of you. You need to go back where there's safety. We don't know what's around the corner. There's all this, this big opening for the ego to come in and convince us to stop just short of the miracle. Now, I've talked about the ego a lot. And in my most recent book, The Evolution of the Ego, How to Unwind Your Ego, Embrace Your Humanness, and Embody Your Divinity, I, I basically give you the inner and outer understandings of the ego, its agenda, its personas, the personalities it takes on, the different stages it takes. It, and the one of the stages, one of the, one of the stages the ego takes is hijacking. And the hijacking ego is a, a, a perfect recipe for sabotage along with the ego game of opposites. When it hijacks the dream, when it hijacks the road you're on, when it hijacks the path you're on, when it hijacks the, your intention, whatever it is, it pulls you out of alignment. It pulls you away from trust and into doubt. And it instills and embeds fear. Now, remember, we talked about the ego. It's a clever, clever shapeshifter. It's very cunning. It has the ability to change angles and even disguise itself as love completely so that you are going to continue to buy into fear. Because as long as you are buying into fear, the ego can survive. The ego is the teacher of fear. Spirit is the teacher of love. Ego does not know love. In fact, ego is afraid of love. Now, ultimately, the ego is here to keep us safe, keep us protected. And we are meant to have a, a foundation of some sort of understanding of our separateness 
as a human being. And that's where the ego comes in to give us the experience of separateness. But ultimately, the truth is we are all one. Anything that feeds separateness, anything that feeds fear, the ego thrives. So what's happened is we've kind of got to this point where the ego is taken over. And you can see it when you look out into the world. You can, you can experience it when you look at your own personal life. The times where the ego comes in and hijacks and takes over. It's basically fear animating your personality. It's fear animating your life and fueling everything. There's so much fear right now, so much fear rising. And a lot of people are actually getting afraid. They're, more, they're afraid of the fear. They're afraid of the upheaval. They're afraid of the density rising. I'm actually quite excited about it because everything that's rising to the surface right now is getting uncovered. And as long as it's hidden, we can't heal it. So when it becomes uncovered, we're bringing it into the light. And then there's an invitation for all of us to heal these things. Heal the collective energy, the collective history of different ethnic groups, different countries, different men and women, children, different generations, past life stuff. There's a lot of stuff washing up to the surface right now for healing. The challenge is so many people are living life by default. Like 80% of the population at least are still asleep at the wheel and don't realize that life is about remembering who we are. Life is about awakening to the truth of who we are. Life is designed as a classroom for us to heal any of our leftovers and to make a conscious choice for love and to remember the truth of who we are, which is love. So the more we witness the fear and the upheaval and everything, the density rising and the resistance that people are experiencing, we have two choices. When we witness those things happening, we can respond from fear and add fear and fear will expand. Or we can stand in love. When love meets fear, love expands. Even if that other person doesn't change their stance, doesn't, doesn't shift out of fear, that's okay. You meeting them with love will have an impact. I need you to really understand that and to, and to embody that and to, to take that in and, and play with that. When you meet someone else's fear with love, love expands regardless of what they do or don't do. You standing in love, you holding your light, you standing solid inside yourself and saying yes to love is, is a powerful force with enormous potential. And the ego, of course, is on the ready. The more you become aware of its tactics and the more you become aware of its agenda and the more you become aware of the angles it's taking to keep you in fear, the wiser you are to the ego, the more it's going to get clever, the more it's going to shift and change. When we 
are on a path that feels hard, when we are taking a road that feels rough, there's often a miracle on the other side of that. I often say it's in those times where we have these clusters of challenges that there's a beautiful invitation for awakening there. It's, it's a recipe for awakening. Some of my biggest aha moments or holy shifts were in those times where there was a cluster of challenges I was facing. And it's so tempting when we get to that last part of the road to give up, to doubt, to be in fear, to question, and maybe even turn around and go back. And I'm going to encourage you in those times where you feel like life is just stretching you as far as you can be stretched, there's a beautiful miracle waiting for you on the other side of that. I've seen it over and over and over again. I've experienced it over and over and over again. Each time I felt like I wanted to quit was just the ego trying to convince me to quit before the miracle. As I share more and more about your ego and helping you understand the the way it influences and the way it impacts your life and the way it embeds fear into your life, the cle more clever it's going to come. It's going to become so clever that it's even going to convince you not to listen to this show anymore. It's going to try and convince you not to get the book. It's going to convince you to avoid this altogether because your ego does not want you to hear what I have to say. And in fact, my ego didn't even, doesn't even want me to say what I meant to say. There's a lot of times my ego comes in as well, trying to convince me that no one is interested in what I have to say and that you, know, you shouldn't be sharing this information and people will judge you. It's, it's tried a lot of different tactics over the years. It doesn't really have such a hold as it much as it used to, but it still comes in. So recently, so I, all the radio show episodes are all about kind of what's going on for me in my life. I tend to share that way. And the lesson for me in the last week or two weeks has been don't quit before the miracle. When there was a couple of things I'm going to share. So we, we, my family is here in Turks and Caicos with me. So I've been here. I was here for six weeks on my own. And then my family came for two weeks with me now. And we're in a small space and we're sharing kind of the, like, it's like sharing kind of a hotel room. Our condo is actually quite small. We're building on a, another property for the retreat center. So we got a really small condo just so that we could come down here while we're building. And so this condo is really small for four people. And I love my family. And I also love my space. I'm, I'm a introvert, extrovert, let's say. There's times where I really need to go inward and have quiet and be by myself. And then there's time where I love being around people and I'm, I'm out there in the world doing work and speaking and all that kind of stuff. So I do both. I actually can, can, can play both in my life. And both for me is, is really essential right now. By nature, I'm more of an introvert, but I've taught myself to be more of an extrovert because I really feel like 
my message is important and what's coming through me feels very timely and purposeful and, and can have potential for great impact. So I really feel the calling to share outwardly in the world. When I'm in a space with four people and I don't have even like one space to go and kind of tuck away, even to do yoga, I'm kind of doing yoga and everybody's around doing their own thing. I'm just in the middle of the floor doing yoga. I, I can go inward and I can get that space of inner peace. I can do that now and I can have that in different situations. But there is a part of me that craves that, you know, seclusion more or less that, that you know, if I could go tuck myself into a room and close a door and put some music on, it, it would be a different experience. So it's a good lesson in me for me in forgiveness and letting go and surrendering to the circumstances and accepting them as they are. So my family's been here in the first four or five days was, you know, challenging. And then it got to this point after about a week and I could feel just my ego was coming in. I felt a lot of judgment and like, you know, if, if someone didn't put something somewhere because it's a small space, I like to have everything where it's meant to live, then it doesn't feel so cluttered. And I could, the, all of my judgments, they were very much kind of spiking in my mind, like thorns coming and, and I was forgiving over and over again, forgiving my thoughts over to spirit, forgiving the judgments, forgiving the anxiety, forgiving the frustration. I, I was doing a lot of work. It was really, really challenging, but I was doing it. I was doing the work. And, but I started to feel myself withdraw. I started to feel myself feel disconnected from my family. So I was, I was trying to find that inner place of, of inner reflection in a space that felt a bit more chaotic than it normally does when, of course, when I'm just here by myself. So at the same time, I wanted to be with my family and spend time with them. And I wanted to give them all my love and attention, my presence. And I had this internal battle going on. And it was really challenging for me because I would judge myself. So I, I, we, my husband and I had a conversation. We had a little talk. We actually ended up talking at one point on WhatsApp back and forth in, in the middle of the morning. It was like five or six in the morning. We're WhatsApping back and forth and messaging. We're lying in the bed beside each other and messaging. And he's just asking, you know, what's going on? Why are you feeling so distant? You're feeling disconnected. I could feel you withdrawing. And that's, that tends to be my tendency when I'm, when I get overwhelmed or when I, I can't process my own stuff in the space I'm in. I tend to pull inward. I go inward and I withdraw. And then I kind of close my heart a little bit to protect myself. That's my go-to. That's my default setting from, from years and years. And, I've, and it's way less than it used to be, but it still shows up here and there. So I started to do it. He noticed it. So he knows to call me on it. And he knows to, to support me. And it was actually really sweet that he started messaging me as opposed to us whispering and doing pillow talk because it actually gave me more space to explore what he was saying and let it sink in and then respond through WhatsApp. So it was quite a beautiful exchange. And he said something to me, something in the line, along the lines of, you know, sometimes I feel like you might want to kind of do this like a solo act, like do this on your own. And like, you don't need me. And I was just like, Oh, I just felt my heart. And I was just like, I could feel this like pang in my heart and this heaviness and this grief because he is just such a solid support for me. And he just, he'll basically support me in everything that I feel guided to do. 
he, I believe his life purpose is actually to really be there to support me and our family as I'm answering this call, this global healing call and, and creating this movement for healing. And I really felt it in that moment. I was like, there was part of me was like, oh my God, I actually would feel relieved. This is my thought. I'm being completely radically honest with all of you. And I told him about it too. But this was where my ego went. Man, I need you to hear this and I need you to know this. This is why I share so vulnerably and so much of my own process because I know many of you are struggling with this. And these are kinds of thoughts that you wouldn't share out loud necessarily. And a lot of people keep these thoughts hidden in secret. And that can eat, that's a recipe for guilt. That's a recipe for shame. And it keeps us feeling separated. It keeps us feeling disconnected. It actually feeds the ego. So the thought I had when he said something about a solo act, I was just like, oh my God, that would be so much easier if it was just me. If I didn't have a husband, if I, you know, if I, maybe I need to leave my marriage. Like that's where my ego went. That's where my mind went. And of course I know in my heart, I'm not meant to, but whoa, in that moment, it was so tempting. It was so tempting to say, you know what? Yeah, let's just, let's just let this go. And I love that I had the space when I was doing the WhatsApp messaging with him because I just, I was crying the whole time. I had tears pouring down my face the whole time because I was processing so much grief and so much stuff. And I really felt the energy of disappointment. I was disappointing him. I felt like I was disappointing my family. I was disappointing myself. I felt like I was disappointing my members, my clients. I just felt like the ego was just projecting disappointment out on everything. And I felt this like thick, dense layer washing up and getting really stuck inside of me. And I said to him, I said, to be honest, it would be easier for me to be a solo act, to be living on my own, to do this by myself. But I know that's not what I'm meant to do. There's times where you may be guided to leave a job, to leave a marriage, to leave a relationship to leave a friendship, to let it dissolve. There may be times that that's what you're meant to do. You may be guided to do that. And then there are other times where that might feel like relief because the real work is in staying. The healing potential is in staying. So I could have said, yep, solo act, let me do that. I can so do that. That would be really easy for me. And then I wouldn't actually have to face the family stuff. I wouldn't have to face any more of the intimacy or relationship stuff. My husband and I have been working through a lot of stuff in our relationship. We do a practice called radical honesty. He has a different practice than me. He's not spiritual. He doesn't believe in God. He, he just doesn't have the same beliefs I do. Although he is very intuitive, he just doesn't call it that. He's very heart-led. He just doesn't call it that. So we found a bridge in the practice of radical honesty. That's our bridge for that. That's what the practice that actually saved our marriage and continues to, because that's exactly what we were doing with the WhatsApp is, is practicing radical honesty. So him saying, you know, sometimes I feel like you just want to be a solo act. And I'm like, Oh, sometimes I do. Sometimes to be honest, sometimes I feel that way. Sometimes that would be easier for me. So the real work was in staying 
the real miracle happened when I responded to him and saying, actually, that would feel like it would be easier for me. But I know in my heart, that would be me running away from doing this work together to healing my heart in, in the way of intimacy and relationship with you. So I'm not willing to quit before the miracle. I'm not willing to run away. I'm not willing to do that. So we had a huge breakthrough. We had a, we felt so connected after that. Like you couldn't, you can separate us. We'd be sitting beside each other and we're like snuggling and holding hands. And, and it just like, it totally broke that barrier I had built up in my heart. It, it totally melted that layer of protection I created, which created a, a disconnect from me and my family. That was the miracle. That was one of the miracles. So then I shifted to, I, I talked to him again and I said, you know, I'm really curious about disappointment because I really feel like I'm, I've disappointed you. I'm disappointing the kids when I'm, when I'm withdrawing like that. I really feel like disappointment just felt like so heavy when, when, I, when I felt that word. So I started to explore disappointment and I use the ego game of opposites. Now I've talked about the ego game of opposites when I've talked about the ego hacks, ego mind hacks in a previous episode. So you can go back and listen to it. I, I recorded that episode days after I got the insight and in, in that tool, but I am creating a masterclass. It's almost done and I don't have the date yet, but it will be beginning. It will be within the next two weeks. So if you want information on how to participate, it's a free masterclass, a free healing circle. I want to share this information and really give it to you so that you can empower yourself to use it over and over again. I have like a whole new dictionary of terms I'm using. When we look at the ego gamma of opposites, it's a tool that you can actually continue to use and break down and expose the viral programming that's going on in your subconscious mind. So imagine that there is the world dictionary the Google's dictionary, and then you've got a dictionary in your mind that the ego wrote. And the ego writes these dictionary of terms that are all based on fear and that are all designed to keep you stuck or in fear or in a place of self-sabotage. So I was determined to look at disappointment. I wrote down the word disappointment and I set an intention to expose what the ego's definition of disappointment was in my subconscious mind. And I'll share a little bit of what I wrote in my journal. The first thing that came is disappointment equals you, as in me. I'm a disappointment, period. Like just full on, I'm a disappointment. Then uh, follows me everywhere I go, can't escape it. It's inevitable. I'm always disappointing others, no matter what you do or don't do. There's no pleasing others, but you better keep trying. Try to be better, do better. It's basically a setup for failure over and over and over again. And of course, the ego goes into the old, like no one really loves you. You need to earn their love, which is almost impossible. Once you attain it, it's impossible to sustain. So the fact that my family is so loving and accepting, even though they don't always understand the work I do, they know that, that it's a calling in my heart that I just can't not answer at this point. So they love and accept. They hold space for me. They, they support me. They encourage me. And 
when I'm in that space of like, I have this subconscious programming of disappointing others and that, that I have to earn their love, that that's a recipe. It's really, I feel like I'm disappointing my family all the time. That's what's playing in the background. That's what's playing in, in like a virus plaguing my mind and I don't even realize it. So I exposed all of my disappointment definition. And then I asked to be shown what is the ego playing against disappointment? So what is it using as an opposite to keep me stuck and going between disappointment and the other opposite word? And interesting, the first word that came in was family. I'm like, ooh, never thought to look at what is my definition of family? What does family mean in in my subconscious mind? What is the ego written in the dictionary of terms that the ego has written in my subconscious mind around family? So family equals expectations. That's the first thing that came. Pressure must be perfect to be loved and accepted. You will fail, but you must try anyways. Chasing love for approval feeling isolating. It's isolating. Family's isolating, misunderstood. You're left out. Easier to be alone. Family equals judgmental. Conditional love. It's heavy. It's hard. Responsibility. Serious. There's no time for fun or play. There's work to do. You need to prove your worth. But then underneath that all is I'm never good enough. Nothing I do is ever good enough. So that, that's a lot of old programming that I've worked through or I thought I have or I have on, on many levels I have worked through that. But having this and not even realizing that my definition in my subconscious mind for family meant all of this stuff, that just was mind-boggling and, and quite sad actually. So I processed a lot of the the disappointment in family, those two kind of playing against each other and playing toward each other too. It's, it's, it, they fed each other and they played against each other. The eagle loves to play both ends against the middle. That's the game of opposites. So you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And when I was feeling that shift coming I knew, and I was so tempted to quit. It was very easier to quit. Sometimes it's easier. Feels easier at the time. But we'll always have to come back around. If we don't heal something, it's always going to come back around in the next relationship or in the next lifetime or whatever. It's, it's always going to come back around. So there's two things about me that I'm really determined to live by. One, I refuse to die with my music in me. I refuse to not extend my gift. I refuse to leave this world without doing everything I can possibly do to improve or to impact or to help others, to improve situations, to improve conditions. I'm always looking for ways to help and be of service. And then the other, the other thing is I, I don't quit before the miracle. I refuse to quit before the miracle. And I've seen it over and over again that that point where it's so tempting to quit, there's literally usually only four or five more steps and then the breakthrough happens and then the shift happens. When I started to look at disappointment in family, I knew I was on the verge of something that would shift how I, I, I am with my family, but also how I interact and, and are in life. 
Because if I'm sitting there afraid to disappoint people, but yet I believe that I'm a disappointment, how conflicting is that? I can't win with that. I need to change that subconscious programming. So I shifted and I asked spirit, I asked the divine, what is a new word to capture those two? And the word family came in. So I was to redefine family and the words I got from spirit directly, which I then placed in, in replaced the definition in my own mind is now unconditional love and acceptance, connected, loving, belonging, honoring, light, easy, open heart, sink in. This is a place where I can rest. I really feel that when I do give myself permission to rest in love, my husband's a, a great, great place to, to land for me. I have permission to be me. Divine relationships It's designed for healing and heart-led, conscious. We're kind of forging a new path. Peace, light, fun, fresh, and new start. Those are the words that came in for family. Now, on some level, a lot of those words meant family for me. But in a, on a consci- in the conscious mind, if you believe something in the conscious mind that is not in alignment with what's programmed in the subconscious mind, you will always manifest or create the experience based on what's in the subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind will override what your conscious mind is holding as your truth. So it's almost like you have this new truth in the conscious mind, you're changing your mind, but if the subconscious mind still has this old viral programming, it will impact and influence all of your actions and behaviors. So this is where a lot of times people are like, I don't understand. I know better. I, I don't believe this anymore, but why do I keep finding myself stuck in these, these cycles or running on this hamster wheel or back on this repeating pattern again in my life? This is why we need to really get clear about what is going on in the subconscious mind. Expose your ego dictionary of terms and reprogram it. Quarantine all those thoughts, reprogram them and delete the old ones, create some new ones. It's essential. It's the only way to do it. So I'm going to take a short break, but when we come back, I'll share a little bit more about, I had, we had an interesting journey with my family. So I want to share that a bit of a miracle, a beautiful remote area we found. And I'll share a little bit more about what you can do in those moments where you feel like you want to quit And what can keep you going so that you can take those extra steps and actually experience the miracle that's waiting for you when you say yes to continuing to walk down that path, no matter how challenging it feels. We'll be right back. Heart-Led Living Intuition Academy with Sue DeMay is a unique, unschooling experience designed to unwind, clear, and align your intuitive channel. And the doors are open for you now. 
Experience unwavering faith and deep trust in your intuition as you strengthen your connection to source, allowing you to walk through every moment with more peace, confidence, clarity, and certainty. Experience this deep personal transformation with Sue's guidance, including the option to share what you learn as a certified intuitive coach. This is your time to unwind and reprogram your mind, to rebuild your foundation and realign with your intuitive heart. Enrollment is now open. Apply today at heartledliving.com forward slash intuition academy. Again, that's heartledliving.com forward slash intuition academy. Welcome back. You are listening to Life by Divine, and I am your host, Sue Dumay. Today, I've been talking about don't quit before the miracle and encouraging you when the road gets rough to keep going. And it doesn't mean you have to go it alone. It doesn't mean that you're not going to reach out for support. And it doesn't, ma- it doesn't mean that, that you're going to have an easy time doing it. Some of the most challenging paths we take lead to the biggest miracles and the biggest breakthroughs. So recognizing that, yes, there are times when life is a bit more challenging. There are ups and downs to life. There are times where I I know my life has kind of brought me to my knees at times. And it's in those places where I, where I surrendered and I, and I could really pull on that deep trust and walk with blind faith that the most amazing miracles happen. I was talking a lot about the ego game of opposites. Again, it's one of my favorite topics right now. And I'm looking forward to sharing the mastermind, the free mastermind in the healing circle. We'll be doing soon in the next couple of weeks. If you want to stay informed about that, you can join the Heart Yes Movement group on Facebook. Come find me there or on Instagram under Sue Dumay. And or you can join my newsletter at Living heartledliving.com and you'll get a free meditation download love deeply now and i will i send a newsletter out once a week and then you'll be able to be informed about these radio shows but also you will be able to receive notice when i book the date for our free masterclass that's coming up so I wanted to talk a little bit more. I have a story. Let me share this story with you before I go into reading a little bit or sharing a little bit about from my book. The We ended up going to a remote area of the island. So the island of Provo in the Turks and Caicos Island is, is one of the, it's a, quite a long island. And it's more mostly where people live and there's actually good infrastructure here and you know, there's the grocery stores and the banks and all that kind of stuff. So some of the smaller islands, they have less of those anemones and it's a bit more challenging, but still on Provo, there are no stoplights. There's only roundabouts and stop signs. So it's actually still a quite a small island, but it's got everything you need basically. So my neighbor and I were, we were talking about this area called Pirate's Cove. And she was saying, yeah, apparently it's, you know, really far out. Like it, it takes a distance to get there. You have to have a four by four to, to reach it. But, and she has a Jeep and I said, well, let's, let's do that. Let's, let's give it a go. So we ended up going on an adventure and the family all packed into the Jeep and 
we went with her and as we're driving down this road it's getting rougher and bumpier and more remote and we're basically driving like it feels like in the middle of nowhere at this point there's no more houses there's not much around there's no there's no electricity or anything it was just like driving on this dirt road and even at certain points it kind of felt a little bit desert like it was my my daughter joked at one point when she was looking out the one window she goes it kind of feels like the elephant graveyard it's like it was like a weird dark kind of like all the branches were dead and and it was quite black soil and and everything it's a very interesting journey and it was a long road you know when you're driving somewhere and you're kind of anticipating okay maybe over this hill okay maybe over this hill and it just felt like it was we were never going to get there and i had looked up on the internet and i read some of the reviews for it and a lot of people had said that you need a four by four to get there and it's a long rough road but it's worth it some pe most people said it was worth it so we're driving along and we just kept going we just kept going we just kept going we we figured we're going in the right direction <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna hit water eventually and finally we get to this place and it's very rough road but we basically pull to the end of this one area of the road and we're literally, I took a picture and I shared it on Facebook on our, on our Heart Yes Movement group. If you want to check it out, we basically like stopped at the edge of the water and the water was this beautiful, bluey, greeny, turquoise, and the sky was quite blue and the contrasting colors were just gorgeous and it was very clear, crystal clear water. And we're basically like, we stopped at the end of this crazy rough road and there was this beautiful view of the ocean and we got out we started walking there was one other boat there and, and another vehicle at the top in another area but we were pretty much the only ones there at the beach eventually everybody left and we were just there by ourselves we had the whole beach to ourselves gorgeous area with these beautiful rock cliffs you could actually do jumping off the the cliffs and jumping into the water if you do want to do cliff cliff diving or cliff jumping I'm not that adventurous, although my son really wanted to do it. I, I was a little hesitant to let him do it at this point. But it was such a beautiful, beautiful experience. We ended up going up onto the cliffs and taking a walk, and then we saw some osprey. Uh, osprey is a, a bird here that's kind of like an eagle, but not an eagle. It's a bird of prey, but they had a big nest on the one rock. and we ended up going down into this cave, underwater cave, and checking out the, the view there. I got lots of beautiful photos. I'll be sharing more, but definitely come find me on Facebook if you want to see more of the photos. So all I kept feeling was just like, I'm so glad we took the road. I'm so glad we kept going. I'm so glad we had a four by four so that we could do it. And I'm so grateful that we didn't all just say, you know what, it's too rough, let's turn back. As I know a lot of people probably on that road would, and of course they didn't have the right vehicle, they probably would have been wise to turn back. And a lot of people have these little tiny rental cars, not a good place to go, you probably would have bottomed out. So when I look at it and I, I reflect back on our experience, and I look at people's lives and I, and I use it more metaphorically. 
it's one of those roads that can really instill a lot of doubt. Are we going the right way? This is too long. Are we going to make it there? This is pretty rough. The ego would easily come in and convince many people to stop, to quit before the miracle. When we pulled up and saw this beautiful beach, this secluded beach, I was in awe. It was, it was beautiful. The energy there was gorgeous. And it was so worth the drive. This is the miracle at the end of those rough roads that most people miss out on because they turn back. Because they let doubt and fear dictate and influence their decision. When we're going through life and life gets rough, when the road gets rough, when we're challenged, when we're facing challenges, the ego will come in and feed the doubt and feed the fear. And it's in those times when you can invite a feeling of deep trust and blind faith that you can continue to walk to the point where you explore the miracle, when you drive to the end of the road and see what the beauty is all about and why that road was so worth it. That's the practice of hindsight. Sometimes we can practice Hindsight, looking back at our lives, I'm sure you can take a moment right now and look back at your life and and see the perfection that had played out in certain times, certain experiences that you had. Maybe you got fired from a job that led you to a different job, one that you wouldn't have necessarily been open to because you were comfortable or, or settled into a job and kind of the quitting or being fired was kind of forcing you to leave. There's different situations that sometimes it's we don't always understand in the moment, but we can look back in hindsight and see the perfection that played out. We can see why things happened as they did. So there's the practice of hindsight looking back, and then there's the practice of present moment hindsight. This is something I want to encourage you to start doing. Present moment hindsight allows you to look at what's happening in the moment and be open to find meaning in that moment. You're not chasing it. You're not looking for it, not seeking it but you're open to find meaning. So ways that you can do that, words you can use are, I do not understand what all this is for. When you drop into, I don't know, and it's okay, that's acceptance. I don't know, and it's okay. I do not know what all this is for, but I'm trusting that there's something greater than me, guiding me, leading me, directing me. So in that, you can open the mind. Because if you're in judgment, this shouldn't take this long. It shouldn't be this rough. Maybe we shouldn't be here. If you're in judgment and you're, you're doubting and you're in fear, you won't be able to hold steady. It'll be more challenging to trust that the path in front of you is purposeful. So present moment hindsight allows you to find meaning in the moment. I do not know what this is for, but I'm open to guidance. I'm open to the meaning. And sometimes I'll get glimpses when I say that. Sometimes I'll get little glimpses or visions of the future or visions of why it's purposeful. The other thing that I want you to hear is the idea that if it's on your path, it's purposeful. If it's in front of you, it's purposeful. And that requires deep trust because we're not always going to get that present moment hindsight. 
But if it's on your path, it's purposeful, period. Trust that. When we look at walking with blind faith, it requires that deep trust, but also a real, like calling on that faith, finding answers in the heart. So when we find answers in the heart, we don't always have an understanding at the level of the mind. We don't always know what the path is for, but we have a knowing. We don't know that in our head. Let me say it that way. We don't know in our head, but we can connect to the knowing in our heart. So when you trust that if it's on your path, it's purposeful, that there's some meaning, there's some purpose to it, then you can continue to have faith as you take the steps. I can't see what it's for right now, but if it's on my path, I know it's purposeful. So it keeps you going and keeps you taking those steps. Keeps you walking with blind faith. One of my favorite quotes is by Patrick Overton. In one of his poems, he wrote, when you walk to the edge of all the light you have and take that first step into the darkness of the unknown, you must believe that one or two things will happen. There will, there will, there will be something solid to stand upon or you will be taught to fly. There will be something solid for you to stand upon or you will be taught to fly. And in his quote, the darkness of the unknown, a lot of people are afraid of the unknown. But nothing is really known at the level of the mind. True knowing occurs at the level of the heart. True knowing is our soul's knowing, the divine knowing within us. That keeps us moving. That keeps us going. No matter what is in front of us, no matter how challenging the path may seem. The last piece I really need you to hear is that when, when you're in those moments where you want to quit, and sometimes when I say quit, I'm, I'm referring to different levels of quit. There's a quit in the way of like, I want to quit what I'm doing. I want to quit this life. I want to quit this job. I want to quit this relationship. And then there is the quit in the way of I quit, I, I quit life altogether, like wanting to leave this world. If you are here right now listening to my voice, there is purpose for your life. And when you start to say yes to it, say yes to, to life and what life has to hold for you and the path that's in front of you and the, and the purpose that you're actually here to fulfill, even if you don't know what that purpose is in the mind, you know it in your heart. It is programmed there. There is a knowing there. It's in those times where you turn and say yes. Say yes to asking for help. Say yes to reaching out to a hand that's extended and saying yes to the support. Saying yes to listening to these episodes or other things that uplift your soul and remind you that you don't have to believe all the thoughts that are in your head and that you don't have to believe your ego. And when your ego hijacks all of your fear-based language and doom and gloom threats, it's simply just trying to keep you stuck. It's simply just trying to keep you safe 
and you don't need to believe it anymore. The ego really doesn't want you to get this information because the more I expose the way the ego impacts and influences you and the clever tactics and the different stages of the ego's evolution, the more I expose that and bring that into your awareness, the, the more we remove all the things that fuel the ego and the more we remove the stronghold it has on you, your mind and your life. So I'm going to encourage you to continue to join me each week, continue to dive into these episodes, listen to the podcast replays. You know, we're live every Tuesday, but you can download it from any podcast. Go and go to my website, heartledliving.com forward slash radio. And you can find the links to all the podcast platforms Download from your favorite one. Keep it on your device and use it in those moments where you want to quit. In the moments where you want to quit before the miracle, listen to this episode. Remember the points I shared. Remember to walk with blind faith. Remember that there will be something solid for you to stand upon or you will be taught to fly. And that requires deep trust and blind faith. Remember that if it's on your path, it's purposeful. And nothing ever goes away until it teaches us what we need to know. That's a beautiful quote by Huma Shodram. Nothing ever goes away until it teaches us what we need to know. So trust. Trust that life is occurring for you. It's your classroom for your healing. It's actually the perfect classroom I actually understand why certain people will leave their family at certain points in their life because sometimes that feels easy, easier, but it's not. You're totally avoiding and running away from the work. You're quitting before the miracle. They're quitting before the miracle. There's a lot of spiritual teachers in the world that have no family. And my work is not, that's not my work. That's, I'm not, it's not designed that way. Heart-led living is about heart-led parenting, conscious parenting. It's about heart-led relationships and heart-led intimacy. It's about every aspect of life and, and bringing in parenting and bringing in motherhood and bringing in being the, the wife and the friend and all of those things all of the household work, all of it is all included, heart-led living. It's not just one area, it's all of it. And it's essential that we learn how to bring it all in. Embrace and embody it. Allow ourselves to have this beautiful human experience while we embody our divinity at the same time. That's life by divine, allowing that divine force and nature to flow through us constantly as us. And it's for us, it's for our hum- humanity, it's for our own humanity as well as all of humanity. Embodying our humanness 
is allowing ourselves to feel all the emotions that come up, to feel all the triggers. So my family's here. Yeah, they trigger me, but I love them. And I process my triggers. I don't run away from the triggers. And then I often will actually talk to them about the triggers. I'll say, okay, this is what was happening. This is what was happening for me. And this is why. And in me doing that and helping them understand my process, it helps them process their own emotion. Because we're all in this together. I can only imagine how challenging it is for kids growing up today with everything that's going on and all of the energies that are rising and all of the density that's rising for healing and all the resistance that people are experiencing. It's not an easy world to navigate right now. But we all have the capacity and there's so many resources and so many tools and so many light workers and light leaders and people out there that are doing this work that can help everyone. There's so many light leaders waking up right now. I love working with them and helping them really fine tune and get in touch with their gifts and, and bring their gifts out in such a unique and powerful way so that they can go out and do the work in this world. But that's what we need is more people who are awake. It's a great, the call for great awakening. It's a great awakening right now. Everybody just needs help navigating it. And you may be one of those that are going to help navigate. Whether it's one or two people or thousands of people in an audience or hundreds of clients or a community that you're meant to build or a movement that you're meant to, to begin. There's something in you. There's a miracle waiting for you to say yes waiting for you to say yes and allow it to express itself, to come through you, for you and for everyone. Answer that call. Just say yes to it, even if you don't understand it, even if you don't know what it's going to look like, even if you don't, even if you're afraid, just start with saying yes. Start with yes. Yes, I'm willing. Yes, I'm curious. Yes, I'm here. Yes, I'm open. Yes, I'm terrified. All of it. Just say yes, please. Just say yes. So I want to thank you for tuning in. And I'm going to encourage you to reach out, connect with me, find me on Facebook, Heart Yes Movement. Join our movement. There's a free level of membership you can join. Of course, if you want to jump into the expansion level membership, that's where the deep nitty gritty work is and the intuition academy that's coming up, which is really helping you from a seven to 11 month intensive program that helps you unwind your ego completely, break open all its patterns and expose all of its shadows and clever tactics. There's, there's lots of support, whether it's through me or someone else, just say yes to the support to help you really sink in and, and be this beautiful vessel of love that you're meant to be. I love you. I appreciate you. I see you until next week. Namaste. You've been listening to Life by Divine with your host, Sue Demay. 
Shift your consciousness from head to heart and enliven your soul as you discover how to lead with your heart and live your own life by divine. Join Sue in the growing global heart-led living community at heartledliving.com. That is heart, L-E-D, living.com.